Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. The Bible reads this way in Isaiah chapter 9. As we looked there just a moment ago, we looked at verse 6, but I'd like to read to you this evening verses 1 through 7 because that's the whole context of this passage of Scripture. The Bible says in Isaiah 9, verse 1, Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as it was in her vexation, when at, the, at, when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievous afflict her by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, in, the Galilee, in Galilee of the nations. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath light shined. Thou hast multiplied the nation and not increased the joy. The joy before thee according to the joy in harvest. And as men rejoice when they divide the spoil, for thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood. But this shall be with burning and with fuel of fire. Now this is the context that we find one of the most famous verses at Christmas time. It says then, for unto us a child is born. And unto us the Son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. May we pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for the opportunity to be able to share your word, and I thank you for these dear and precious people on this very special evening, Christmas Eve. What a wonderful time to be able to gather with friends and with family, with coworkers or neighbors. And Father, I pray that as we here that are in this auditorium and those that are watching online right now that you would do in the hearts of each and every one exactly what they need. I pray that you'd be very real to them. May your grace work in and through us. I pray. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. There was a school system in a large city and had a program to help children keep up with their schoolwork during stays 
in hospital. One day, a teacher was assigned to the program, received a routine call asking her to visit a particular child in a hospital. She took the child's name and the room number and talked briefly with the child's regular class teacher. The teacher said, we're studying nouns and adverbs in his class now, and I'd be grateful if you could help him understand them so he doesn't fall too far behind. The hospital program teacher went to see that boy the after, uh, that afternoon. No one had mentioned to her that the boy had been extremely burned and was in great pain. As the teacher from the hospital walked into the room and at the sight of that young boy being burnt so badly, she became upset. As she was looking at him, she kind of stammered as she said, I, 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 I've been sent by your school to help you with nouns and adverbs. When she laughed, she feel, felt like she had not accomplished much. But the next day, a nurse asked her, what did you do to that boy? The teacher felt like she, had, she must have done something wrong and, and began to apologize. No, no, the nurse said. You don't understand. You don't know what I mean. I've been worried about this little boy. But ever since yesterday, his whole attitude has changed. He's fighting back. He's responding to treatment. It's as though he decided to live. Two weeks later, the boy explained that he had completely given up all hope to live until that teacher arrived. Everything changed when he came to a simple realization. And he expressed expressed it this way. The little boy said, they wouldn't send a teacher to work on nouns and adverbs with a dying boy, would they? That teacher gave him hope. Hope is an expectation of the fulfillment of something desired or promised. Oh, I'm not talking to you this evening about the hope that the world offers, like I hope to win a million dollars or I hope to get a new car or no. No, the kind of hope that I'm talking to you about this evening, it's an internal hope, an expectation of the fulfillment of something desired or promised. Do you realize that there is a constant need of hope for every single person? Think about it. The uncertainty of what the future holds and the current hurts that people go through create the need for hope. Is that not what uncertainty does? Is that not what pain does to people? The heartaches of people, what do they do? They, They hope for something better. Think about it. In our culture today, what do we have? We have a lot of people that are in poverty. We have those that have great disease. We have those that are in hunger. There's terror and there's destruction. And all of those issues create a longing for something better. All you have to do is you look on our news and you can see over the past year how people are looking for hope. You know, what I find sad is that there are some that believe that to have hope is to be delusional. 
But you know what scripture, scripture says, he talk, that God, God talks to people about this. Those who believe that hope is delusional. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12, scripture equates being without hope to being without God. Why? Because God brings us hope. Ephesians 2.12 says it this way, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel's, and strangers of the covenant of promise, having no hope without God in the world. See, the modern world has sought hope in human effort and a belief that as we progress in society, everything will naturally get better and better. If you believe that this evening, go talk to about two generations previous to you. They're going to tell you, when I grew up, life was better. Life was much simpler. See, we're not progressing and getting better and better. The reality is that we need to have hope in God. See, the belief that since people are the source of world's problems, this is the way the world looks at it. They believe that since the world's problems begin with people, that people can also be the solution. But my friend, this evening, there is no one that can bring you lasting hope outside of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the reality is that eternal hope cannot be found in humanity. And in our text here, as we just read a few moments ago, this is a prophecy about Israel. It was an era, the time that they were under, it was dark. It, 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 was, it was an era of war. There was distress. There was, there, was, there was death. There was destruction all around them. And to be honest with you, they were a people that were without hope. Could you imagine? These were supposed to be God's people. But because they were not looking to God, they were without hope. But my friend, this evening, God gives us hope. God gives hope to every single person who would trust in him. See, friends, the message of Christmas is a message of hope. I'd like you to take a look just briefly with me this evening. We see, first of all, that Jesus brings hope to those who are in darkness. Jesus brings hope to those who are in darkness. In verses 1 and 2, it talks to us about that, that the nation of Israel, they were in darkness, not necessarily a physical darkness, but their outlook on life, their heart was darkened, their, their, their paradigm that they looked through the world, the, the lens through what they looked at the world, it was dark. In Isaiah chapter 8, verse 22, the last verse, and uh, be right before chapter 9 and verse 1, it says, And they shall look unto the earth, and behold, trouble and darkness, dim dimness of anguish, and they shall be driven to darkness. See, these people were in darkness of heart. They had no hope. It seemed as if they were just living. Have you ever met somebody who was just Living, or we would say it this way, who is just surviving. You ever meet people like that that are just surviving? I just want to get to tomorrow. I can't help but think that many of us felt that way in 2020. I just want to make it to tomorrow. 
I think about the frontline workers. I think about our police officers. I think about people in the EMT service. I think about our nurses and doctors and, and firefighters. And it's almost like, you know, your heart goes out to them and they were on the front lines uh, fighting for us and, and trying to help us and do everything that they could. But friends, it's almost like we were just surviving. We weren't living. There was no life. Why is the world like that, friend? Because they're in darkness. They're not looking to Christ. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 16, the Bible said this. The people which sat in darkness saw a great light. And to them which sat in the region and the shadow of death, light is sprung up. Listen, Christmas is a message of hope. And the light that was brought at Christmas is Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches us that light will come to those who are in darkness. If you don't know Christ this evening as your personal Savior, my friend, you might be trusting in religion, but the simple fact of the matter is, though you can see with your eyes and though you may not have darkness around you, in your heart, your heart is darkened because you don't have the light of Christ. John chapter 3 and verse 19, the Bible says it this way, and this is the condemnation or this is the judgment that light has come into the world. Jesus Christ who was born, light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. Why? Because their deeds were evil. The light that has come into our world that gives you an eternal hope is the Lord Jesus Christ to all people who are in darkness. In John chapter 8 and verse 12, the Bible says, then Jesus, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Jesus is the light of the world. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 5, the Bible says, then, uh, This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in light, we have fellowship one with another. Now take a look at this. Remember, Jesus was light, or Jesus is light, and it says, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. See, the darkness that men and women, boys and girls, grandmoms and grandpops are in is the darkness of sin upon the heart of man. And Jesus has come to give light to those who are in darkness the Bible teaches us that all people that without Christ are walking in darkness, and Jesus Christ has come to give hope to us. You know, we here at Open Bible have the message of hope that we want to give to those who live in darkness. And this past year, one of the ways that we shared the message of hope was to raise hundreds of dollars for local responders to be able to help them, to give physical hope to others. But our goal was to give spiritual hope. Hey, the physical hope's going to wear away. Why? Because circumstances change. Our future is up in the air. Hurts come our way. We also made over 200 masks for frontline workers to be able to hand out to those to be able to give them what? Hope. 
Friend, the message that we have this evening is still the same message that Jesus Christ brought to us on that first Christmas day. It's a message of hope that Jesus Christ brings hope to those who are in darkness. Take a look secondly, if you would. Jesus brings hope to those who are in distress. We see that in verses 3 through 5. The people that walk in darkness have seen a great light. Uh, verse f- uh, 3, thou hast multiplied the nations and not increased the joy. The joy before thee according to the joy of the harvest as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and his garments rolled in blood. But this shall be with burning and with fuel of fire. Jesus brings hope to those who are in distress. You know what God is saying here in this portion of Scripture? That he's going to defeat the oppressor. In Isaiah chapter 25, 9, it says, And it shall be said in that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him, and we will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. See, friend, for those who are in distress this evening, God's going to restore and reconcile himself to those who have been without hope. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 4, For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff off his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor as in the day of Midian. This is a look back at the nation of Israel. As they were slaves underneath the hand of the Egyptian people. And the point is that God acts on the behalf of those who are in distress. God delivers people. If we would just put our faith and trust in him, he gives us a hope that we can be removed from distress and moved into delight. How many times have we heard about death this past year? Thousands upon thousands of people have died. Not too many people like to think about death. But friend, if you don't think about your eternal destiny now, once you die, you're never going to have an opportunity to think about it then. That's the distress that man is under. But God gives us hope. He gives hope to people from their bondage, from their distress. In John chapter 8 and verse 34, Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is a servant of sin. See, the nation of Israel, they were slaves, of, as I mentioned. They were, they were underneath that bondage. And what Jesus is showing us is those of us who do not know Christ as our personal Savior, we are underneath the bondage of sin. We are slaves to sin, and we have no hope. We are in that distress. And friends, I was there. I've been in the bondage of sin. There was a time in my life where I had to come to the realization that I needed a hope that was beyond myself. I couldn't trust in myself. I couldn't trust in the church. I couldn't trust in another man. I had to trust emphatically upon the Lord Jesus Christ and him alone because I knew that I was a sinner. And I knew I had no hope. 
and I needed Jesus Christ. See, Jesus says in John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth, now listen, the truth shall make you free. You're free from the distress. You're free from the bondage of sin. Why? Because you've accepted the hope that Jesus brings. See, it is the truth that Jesus can and he will set every man free. If you've never accepted the person, the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're in bondage to sin. And Jesus can release you from that bondage. Folks, nobody can pray you out of that bondage. Nobody can give enough money to the church to get you out of that bondage. It is a personal decision that every boy and girl, every mom and dad, every grandmom and grandpa has to make for themselves. See, friend, let's face it. We don't mind the baby in the manger. We don't mind that. Matter of fact, most people celebrate that. What we mind is Jesus hanging on the cross and saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We mind Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. We mind Jesus saying, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We mind that. We don't mind the baby in the manger. But that baby in the manger, my friend, came for a reason. And the reason is to give men and women all over this world, no matter what your ethnicity is, no matter what your social economic background is, no matter what your education is, it does not matter who you are. Jesus has come to give you eternal hope. We at Open Bible have tried to bring hope of Jesus to those who are in distress this past year by we opened up our facilities during COVID to do a blood drive. Because we knew, we had heard that there were people that needed blood during this pandemic. And so we opened up our facilities and did our best to be able to make sure that everything was, was proper and protected. And as you can see, we're doing our best to be able to socially distance people and encourage people to wear masks and those type of things and hand sanitizers. We tried to do that. Why? Because we wanted to give them physical blood so that, they could leave, so that they could live. But let me tell you something, friend. This evening, I want to give you something that's greater than physical blood. I want to give you the eternal blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that can wash away all your sins. Not only did we do that to try and bring hope to those who are in distress or thinking about how am I going to live, but we also, this past year, we provided coffee for many patrons at Dunkin' Donuts and uh, to be able to help those as they were just coming by, just to, because people were so stressed out, people have been so uptight, people are so, so concerned, you'd be, you'd be surprised with just a free cup of coffee, something kind to be able to do from somebody who just changed their day. We're able to do that with a gospel track and invite them to open Bible Baptist Church. I don't know if anybody's ever come from that, but I know this much, that people got the gospel, and we don't know what God can do with one gospel witness with an individual 
Maybe one day when we get to heaven, when we're able to be able to sit around the throne room of God, we'll be able to hear about, hey, you remember that Dunkin' Donuts in Williamstown? Yeah, I got a cup of coffee. I read the track, and I asked Christ to come into my heart. See, we want to share Jesus Christ, the hope of the world, for, to all who are in distress. And Jesus brings hope to those who are in darkness. Jesus brings hope to those who are in distress. And then lastly this evening, Jesus brings hope to those who are disillusioned. Jesus brings hope to those who are in disillusion. Take a look at verses 6 and 7, if you would. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. You say, what does that have to do with disillusionment? These people, when this was written, they were underneath a government that they were disillusioned with. Think about it. I think it goes without saying that the majority of Americans today are disillusioned with our government. We've been let down time and time again. And it's not about Democrat or Republican. We've been let down time and and time again, we've been disappointed by the way some have acted. We've been discouraged by them telling us one thing and them doing another. The lack of justice and honesty and transparency has made many cynical toward our politicians. But the Bible tells us here that though they might be delusioned by the government of the day, that one day Jesus Christ is going to rule. And when he rules the world, there's not going to be any government, governmental corruption. There's not going to be any cover-ups. Jesus is going to rule justly and rightly. As I read just a moment ago in Isaiah chapter, six, uh, Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7, you can see it says, For unto us. You see that? For unto us. You know what that is? That's you and me. It says a child was born. And again, my question for you is, for what purpose? The emphasis does not rest on us, but the emphasis in this verse rests on the child. It rests on the child that was born. You know what it's saying? It's saying that he accepts the burden. He understands the injustice in the world. He understands the social inequality of the world. He understands the misrepresentation of those in the world. He understands those who might be disenfranchised. He understands it. And one day, those who are disillusioned, if they put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, will have a ruler that will rule with honesty and justice. See, he accepts the burden for us. It says that the government will be upon his shoulders. See, the reason for this Christ child being born is to set people free. I don't know if you realize this or not, but when Jesus was born to the Virgin Mary, the nation of Israel was underneath Roman oppression. And they thought that Jesus was going to set them free from their oppression from that nation. He thought, they thought that, they were gonna, that Jesus was going to set them free from political oppression. But friends, Jesus Christ came to give hope to set them free from a particular oppression. Not from political oppression, 
And that particular oppression is the oppression of sin. And one day, Jesus is going to rule. But that's in the future. Jesus has come today to give you hope, to take you from delusion. I can't seem to trust anybody or anything. To take you from delusion to deliverance. At Open Bible, we've given hope to those this year that might have been delusion, have been caused to have delusion with maybe governmental agencies because they were not provided for. But here at Open Bible, what we've done is we provided Thanksgiving meals to many across our city so that they could once again hear the hope of Jesus Christ. See, our goal was not just to fill their stomachs physically, but our goal is ultimately to fill their hearts spiritually. And so we got together people that were willing to be able to go out and deliver meals to different families that we found out that were in need. We also are providing the hope of Jesus Christ now to a church near Ocean County that we are supporting to be able to what? Help give people hope in that area. See, folks, it's not about making Open Bible the biggest church in South Jersey. That's not our goal. Our goal is not to get our name out there so that everybody knows and, hey, do you know that pastor there, Pastor George Riddell? Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, he's my pastor. Not about getting my name out there. Not about getting our church's name out there. So it doesn't matter if it's Ocean County or Williamstown, New Jersey. It's about getting the name of Jesus Christ to give people who are in darkness hope, people who are in distress hope, people who are delusioned hope for all of eternity. Let me ask you something this evening as we close. Have you ever accepted the hope of Jesus Christ? I didn't ask you if you were ever christened. I didn't ask you if you've ever taken Holy Communion. I didn't ever ask if you were blessed by a priest or by a rabbi or by a preacher. I haven't even asked if you came down to the altar and the preacher said, bless you or whatever the case may be. I asked, have you ever accepted the hope of the Lord Jesus Christ? This evening you can. It's about realizing that every man, every woman is a sinner. It's about putting your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, accepting him as the only way. He is the only way to salvation. Accepting what he did for you. He paid the penalty for you and for me. He died on the cross that's behind that screen, if you will, for you and for me. It was my sin that put him there. And I had to humble myself as a young man and I had to say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And according to your word, 
you say that you're the Savior. Your word says that you died on the cross for me, that you paid the penalty for me, and that if I'm willing to put my faith in you, that you will cleanse me from all sin and I can have a relationship with you. And as a young man, I realized that I was a sinner and I put my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, I'm going to heaven this evening. I've got hope. doesn't mean that I don't have bad days. doesn't mean that COVID this year has been kind of difficult for all of us. But I've got hope beyond this life. I've got a hope that lasts for all of eternity. Not because I'm a Baptist preacher, but because I humbled myself before Almighty God and I called upon Him. The Word of God says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me this evening? Thank you for your very kind attention. Christmas is a message of hope. How many in here would be able to say, Pastor, I don't know Christ is my personal Savior, but I'd like to. Do you know right there in your seat this evening you can accept Christ as your personal Savior? You say, how do I do that, Pastor? First of all, it's by realizing that you're a sinner. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Accept that fact. It is a fact. That's what the Bible says. Secondly, you've got to accept the fact that Jesus is the only one that can pay for your sins. You can't do enough good, and I can't do enough good to pay for my sins or pay for your sins. We can't. It's an impossibility. And accept that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, for you. And ask him to be your savior. We call this the sinner's prayer, and prayer does not get you saved. It's your faith in Christ that gets you saved. But you may want to say something like this with your head bowed and your eyes closed. You might want to say, Lord, According to your word, I know that I'm a sinner. And according to your word, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. And I'm placing my faith in you that when you died on the cross, that you paid for my sins. And I'm placing my faith in you. And I want you to be my Savior. Come into my life. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody looking around. Is there anybody in here this evening that say, Pastor, I just accepted Christ as my personal Savior. Would you please pray for me? I'm not going to have anybody come forward. We won't have anybody come to you. Would you just slip up your hands so I can pray for you? Just put your hand up. 
Say, Pastor, I ask Christ to come into my life. My Father in heaven, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to be able to share your word. And Lord, I pray as we come to the close of the service that you would help us to look to you for hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, folks, thank you so much for watching today. I hope that it was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you don't know Christ, your personal Savior, and you accepted him today into your life, and then you put your faith in him, I would like to send you free of charge two things. First, I'd like to send you this book, Done. It's written by a friend of mine. What other religions don't tell you about the Bible. And then secondly, a brand new Bible, just like this one, I'd like to send to you. So please, do me a favor. First, I'd like to hear about your commitment to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Fill out the electronic connection card right below. Click the link. When you fill that out, put your address in, and I will be happy to send this book done and this brand new Bible free of charge to you. God bless you, and I'm looking forward to hearing from you. again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.